seated. If you have your <clears throat> list there, your, your lesson sheet, uh, we've been mentioning in these last three lessons, uh, the Holy Spirit calls believers to several actions. It's very very important to understand, and, and by the way, this is the great thing about a little book like Jude or different little books in the Bible. Uh, it's easy to do a survey of the whole book. It really is. Uh, Jude is, a, is an easy book. If you have a study Bible, probably has a little breakdown uh, at the beginning. You kind of have your introduction, uh, and uh, then then you have verse, really verses uh, uh, 1 and 2, kind of your introduction, and verses 3 and 4 are your key verses. And verses 4 through 19, we mentioned it's all about apostasy. It's all about those that depart from the faith. It's all about those that have completely turned from the faith, false teachers. And it gives us all sorts of examples of apostasy, uh, group examples of apostasy, uh, individual examples of apostasy, examples of apostasy in nature. And uh, it always points back to Likewise, you know, this is the way apostates are uh, today. But then in these last uh, five verses, verses 20 through 25, it talks about really six verses. It talks to God's people. After, forgive me, if we could put it this way, Miss Judy, after all those dark verses, and you want a dark verse, look at verse 19. It's just a description of apostates. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, uh, having not the Spirit. Why do they do what they do in all the verses before? Because they not only are not saved, but have completely refused the Holy Spirit. But then he says, but ye, beloved, talking to believers. I had a friend yesterday who just... Uh, put something up on social media and uh, was really dealing with a verse out of its context. And it had this idea that, you know, we're just to love everybody and that's just the way it ought to be. If By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one for another. And I said, you know that verse, he, Jesus gave that verse to 11 men? It's, it wasn't for everybody. And you can apply it to the local church. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that we have love one for another. But I'll tell you what, it, that, that starts here before it gets out there. Amen. Disciplined followers, by the way, is what a disciple is. A disciplined follower of Jesus. A, somebody that values what this book says, and not everybody does that. Amen. And so he's, he's switching gears here, and he's saying, you, beloved, I, I'm talking to, to my people now. I've been telling you, warning you about apostasy, showing you how to recognize it. Now I want you, and he calls his children, he calls believers to action, several actions. And so we looked at three of these so far, four uh, really, uh, in verses 20 and 21. So we looked at building up yourselves in your most holy faith. And again, how do we build our faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Uh, so important. Then he talked about praying in the Holy Ghost. I, I was so privileged last night to preach, uh, and I didn't know I was going to preach. It was one of those uh, times I, I literally did not know I was 
going to preach, I went to a camp meeting. Have you ever been, anybody ever been to a camp meeting before where they just call down preachers? Brother Swaffer, I was glad I put one in the chamber, amen, and uh, I preached, and, but so many people were asking me, hey, how's your wife? I well, we just want to let you know we're praying for her, and we're praying, and, and I appreciate that so very much, those of you that are praying for my wife. Here's what I want you to do when you pray for my wife. Ask God to lead you how you pray for my wife. Say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me how to pray for Miss Carrie? Because you know what? Brother Dwayne and I were talking about this the other day. You know what a lot of our prayers are? God, I want this. That's it. God's not obligated to answer that prayer. Now, listen, I I understand, and I think especially having a wife with, with cancer right now, I understand wanting my way in prayer. But it sure is better to say, like Jesus did, as he prayed three times. But each time said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen? That's what it is, really, to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? To let the Holy Spirit lead you. So, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, number two, praying in the Holy Ghost. Number three, keep yourselves in the love of God. What is that, Pastor? You know, we took some time with that in our last lesson. That really has to do with fellowship. God's going to keep you saved. Amen? You don't have to worry about keeping yourself saved, but you do want to keep yourself in God's love. You want, listen, here's, here's what, this is what I preached on last night. I preached on uh, the, the church at Ephesus. Nevertheless, you have left your first love. Say, what's that? That means I've gone away from God. I've let my love grow cold. Hey, you know what? The tendency of a fire is to go out. We got to keep, keep wood on it. We got to stir the coals. We got to get the ashes out of there. We got to make sure that fire stays hot. Amen. And that's really what that verse is talking about keeping yourselves, keep yourselves in the love of God. Not, doesn't mean to keep yourself safe. God does that. Hallelujah. Amen. He gave us eternal life and he said, They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But then, number four, he tells us to be looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, what a day it's going to be when he comes. Brother Jim, I, I, we heard last night again, I was at that tent meeting, and I heard a missionary from India preach. What a powerful message. You know what he preached on, Miss Robin? He preached on the rainbow. Now, you know, you think about that. And he preached on how uh, it's only mentioned in the first book of the Bible. It's called the bow, never the rainbow, just the bow. And the last book of the Bible, it's not mentioned anywhere else. And it's interesting because God set it as a covenant, as a reminder of mercy. And what this this preacher said last night, it was so good. It was such a great thought. He said, you know what? I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find out that God was much more merciful than we realized. And he said, that rainbow always reminds me of his mercy. And when, when you see him in Revelation, the rainbow is full circle, around the throne. Glory, amen. Mercy. You know, one day, when we get to heaven, there's only one reason why any of us is going to heaven, and that's mercy. God gave us mercy through Jesus Christ, amen. So looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus. And then number five here, we have verse 22. That's the verse we read there uh, tonight. Look at it with me. It says, and of some 
what? Have compassion, making a difference. So uh, the third or the fifth of the actions that he calls us to is he calls us to have compassion. He calls us to have compassion. This is the most necessary blank line characteristic of the soul winner. Compassion. Compassion. Listen, again, it is easy, especially after reading the book of Jude, it is easy to think, well, the whole world's going in apostasy. Well, let's just let it go. But that's not what God calls us to. He calls us to shine the light of the world out there. Amen? And praise God, he gives us a wonderful example. You ever walk, maybe you lose power, and uh, you got candles, amen? Anybody still have candles? Amen, we have them, amen. Uh, but you lose power, and uh, we, we lost it there for a while, uh, a while back here in January, amen, February. But you walk into a dark room with a candle. What happens to that room? It lights up. Miss Tish, the light dispels the darkness. Amen? And it's the same way in the spiritual realm. Light still dispels darkness. Yes, there's a lot of darkness in this world. Yes, darkness is on the march. Yes, 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 I agree with that. And you know what? We're supposed to be light. And you know what that takes? Compassion. Think about what, you know, does anybody remember Jesus' first cross utterance? He had so many beautiful cross utterances. It is finished. Uh, uh, This day shall thou be with me in paradise. Remember the first one? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I have in my uh, wide margin Bible a, a preacher named Clovis Chapel. And I have this written next to, love your enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Bless them that curse you, it says in Matthew 5.44. And I have a little note there by Clovis Chapel. He said, what Jesus preached on that sunny hillside, he practiced on the dark hill of Calvary. And you know what it took, Brother Jackson? Compassion. What's the verse say? And of some have compassion, making a difference. I have a note here. Duty will fade. Yes, it will. Duty will fade. However, compassion keeps the heart warm and crucifies contempt for souls that are marching to hell. So we have a note here. Uh, the Greek verb uh, used here is the word el eo, and it's used 31 times in the New Testament and conveys action. So it, this idea that love is just a feeling, okay? And by the way, compassion is love in action. In action. In action. Amen? Everybody understanding what I'm saying here? Uh, compassion is, oh, I just have such compassion for that person. Well, then it should move you to do something. It did so many times with Jesus. So it's used 31 times in the New Testament and conveys action. It is translated to have mercy 14 times, to obtain mercy 8 times, to show mercy 2 times, 
to have compassion one time, to have compassion on one time, have pity on one time, have mercy one time, have mercy upon one time, receive mercy one time. Uh, so uh, then you have here uh, uh, four or one, two, three, four, um, to have mercy on, okay? To have mercy on. This word translated compassion, L-E-E-O. Uh, to, have, to have mercy on. Secondly there, to help one afflicted or seeking aid. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Remember what the, when Jesus asked the man, which one was neighbor unto him? Miss Margie, remember what he said? Well, I suppose the one who showed mercy on him. Can you picture that person there that had been uh, beaten and robbed and left for dead and cold and uh, no blanket or anything like that? And he just, just holding his hand out saying, help me, help me. And people, the priest passed by and the Levite passed by, but the Samaritan didn't. He had compassion on him. So, to help one afflicted or seeking aid. To help the afflicted to bring help to the wretched. I love that definition. Have you ever been around somebody? Now, listen, you, you don't have to say amen. Have you ever been around somebody that was so drunk they couldn't even stand up? Have you ever been around somebody who was so high they barely knew who you were, that had marks all along their arms, and, and uh, then, then, then they try to get slick, Brother Cody, and they don't use their arms, they'll put them between their toes so nobody can see. You ever been around somebody like that? You ever, you ever been around somebody that literally smelled like their own vomit from, can I, can I, can I, can I go to a passage with you? And, and look at something. Go with me. Hold, hold your place here. Go to Ezekiel chapter 16. And I realize this is talking about the nation of Israel here, but I think there's so many passages, there's so many applications that we could look at even in ourselves. You know, you weren't, you weren't born a Christian. You had to be born again. Somebody had to have compassion on you. Whether it was a Sunday school teacher, a bus worker, a pastor, your mom, your dad. It says there in Ezekiel 16, verse 6, it says, And when I pass by thee, talk, he's talking about the nation of Israel here, but we can apply it to our own lives and our salvation. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood... I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. If you go up further, it tells you what happened here. Verse 4, And as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither was thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitied thee to do any of these things, to have what? Upon thee. 
That's what happens when a baby's born. All those things happen. They have to compare. A baby can't take care of itself. Amen. It's all dirty and needs to be cleaned and washed and all that. But thou wast cast out in the open field. To the loathing of the person in that day thou wast born. If you jump down to verse 7, he says, I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field. Thou hast increased and waxen great. Thou art come excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned and thine hair is grown. Whereas thou wast naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was a time of love. I spread my skirt over thee. God, God is saying here, when, when you were absolutely at your worst, Israel, you know what? I loved you. And I had compassion on you. You know, it, it does us good, ladies and gentlemen, to remember that we didn't get to where we got to in our Christian life in a day. Huh? Aren't you glad somebody had compassion on you? You know, if we're not careful, and again, I'll be preaching on it on Sunday morning about pride, and I will be hitting the Pharisee and the publican, absolutely. But if we're not careful, we can look around at the way this world is going and just say, you know, serves them right. I mean, you know, they, they've taken the word of God, and they've mocked it, and they've, they, they've done all it serves them right. You know, I'm sure glad that God doesn't say, well, you made your bed, now sleep in it. I'm sure glad God doesn't do that. Listen, there are consequences for sin. We understand that. And all God's people said. There are wise and there are foolish in Proverbs. Amen. But you know what? If you're one of the wise, I want to tell you something. God wants you to have compassion. God doesn't want you to just walk around impressed with your wisdom. So, the fourth there, uh, the third is to uh, help the afflicted or to bring help to the wretched. The fourth is to experience mercy. Aren't you glad you've experienced God's mercy? How many of you have experienced God's mercy? Say amen. Amen. Yeah, all of us. Just, just by the virtue of the fact that we're breathing right now, we're experiencing the mercy of God. Well, here's what he calls his children to do. Have compassion, making a difference. Now listen, this is important as we go back to uh, Jude. The apostate, we're talking about the apostate here, the, the ones that, it's, that we're talking about in Jude, the ones, the apostate has no hope. He has, uh, next, next there, uh, they have crossed God's deadline. Now, here's something that's very important. You and I don't know who that is. Our job is not to look at somebody, uh, Brother Anderson, we're to look at him and say, you know, that guy's probably an apostate. I don't think I should give him the gospel. No way. No way. That's God's job. Now, God told us about them. There's characteristics to look for, amen. There are things, uh, I think about what's going on uh, right now. I think about verse 4 of Jude. It, it is literally such an enlightening verse to what's going on in our society. It talks about how they twist the grace of God into lasciviousness. But their character, conduct, and creed assault the Word of God and are an affront to God Himself. However, 
There are those who are simply in error. Victims of incorrect teaching. And those who have honest doubts. We've had some folks saved here recently. We've had some folks that uh, maybe just had, didn't have a, an understanding of how simple salvation was. And they reached out and trusted Christ. Just talked to Miss Karina at the beginning of the service. Lord willing, going to get baptized here in July. Amen. Listen, I'm sure you've been around church in your life, but somebody had compassion on you. Somebody had compassion and just took the Word of God, opened it up, said, this is how easy to be saved. You know, I remember when I, when I found out how easy it was to be saved, I was like this. I was like, wow, really? And then I got mad because I had been brought up in a certain religion, I won't tell you the name, but its headquarters are in Rome, that I'd been brought up in that religion as a child, and I thought to myself, why didn't anybody tell me this? Huh? So there are those who are simply in error, victims of incorrect teaching, and those who have honest doubt. On these, we must have compassion if we are to make a difference for the cause of Christ, we must have compassion. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you can't drum up compassion. You got to ask God for it. You got to say, Jesus, I need your heart for people. I need, I need those tears in my eyes. Again, I know a good song or a good sermon uh, something that, that can move your, stir your heart, yes, but really what you need to say is, Lord Jesus, please give me your compassion. I think about people in my life who had compassion on me, and they not only made a difference in my life, they made a difference in my family's life, they made a difference in my children's life, who they never met, and then in all of our lives. Anybody you touch. Well, what does it take to make a difference? We, well, listen, we need difference makers, amen? All God's people said, we need some people to be difference makers. We, we need people to stand in the gap, amen? What does that take? It takes compassion. And of some, having compassion, making a difference. So God calls us to building up ourselves on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number five, some have compassion, making a difference. In our lesson next week, we're going to look at verse number 23 there. Great, great soul winners verse. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So, okay, let's do this.